After signing Xander Bogarts, the Padres are now over the luxury tax threshold. Could the Mariners take advantage to shore up their rotation? Plus, J.D. Martinez is in Seattle right now, but is it to meet with the Mariners? And given the way the starting pitching market has unfolded, are Chris Flexen and Marco Gonzalez more valuable to the Mariners than whatever they could get for them via trade? All that and more coming up here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Thursday, December 8th, 2022. This is Ty Gonzalez and Colby Patton for the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description below. Uh, before we hop into the show, we're going to need to uh, delay the announcement of our giveaway until tomorrow. We will get that done tomorrow, but it was a little too complicated to figure out this morning so we'll get it all squared away for tomorrow and we'll make that announcement uh during tomorrow's show so not not hard to figure out just labor intensive sure um but yeah either way it'll be done tomorrow uh cool so i i I guess technically you have until i i finish pulling the names to subscribe to be eligible so so yeah, yeah you guys have yet. an extra day. Yeah, you have an extra day yeah. to subscribe to our YouTube channel to enter our giveaway because we're going to be picking all of our winners from our subscriber list. So if you yeah. haven't subscribed yet to the Lockdown Mariners YouTube channel, if you're watching us right now, do it. The button's right below our faces. Or if you're listening to us on your preferred podcast platform, head on over to YouTube. Lockdown Mariners is the name of the channel. Check us out. Subscribe. Turn on alerts. All that good stuff. All right. So Xander Bogarts signed... An 11-year contract as well, just like Trey Turner did. Uh, That is very surprising. $275 million over 11 years. Um, The AAV, just like the Turner deal, completely fine. It's just 11 years. Once again, a full no-trade clause. That is well beyond what anyone expected Bogarts to get on this market. Uh, But like I said, when Turner signed, I thought this market was going to get pretty unhinged i didn't think it was going to be this unhinged but here we are i mean carlos correa and dansby swanson are still out there they're younger (laughs) uh and one could make the argument that at least one of them are better than the two guys that have signed up to this point uh so they i don't even know i'm not even going to to venture to guess what those guys are going to end up making on this market uh good for them though good for xander bogart's good for trey turner this is uh this is awesome teams are spending a hell of a lot of money on these players and dudes are getting paid this offseason uh but the big thing with this is um i think this benefits the mariners potentially there's a way that it could benefit the mariners uh, because now the padres are over the luxury tax threshold and we are of the belief that they are going to try and get back below that and that means that they're going to have to trade someone maybe a couple guys and it might hurt they're gonna have to trade some players off of their major league roster And Colby, I think there's one player in particular that makes a lot of sense for the Mariners. We talked about him a couple of episodes ago. Blake Snell. What do you think about Blake Snell? I thought you were going to say Fernando Tatis Jr. Ah. Um, (laughs) Yes. You have have pivoted now. You're you're going fully in on on Tatis. But Colby, we don't want cheaters on this team. Uh Uh-huh. Says the guy who's going to be horribly mad when they don't give Carlos Correa four hundred million dollars. <laughs> but um, yeah, Snell Snell is obviously a, a 
a longtime fan favorite. Mm. Uh, he's a Seattle guy, was committed to UW before he went, you know, in the first round uh, of his draft year uh, to Tampa Bay when Tampa Bay traded him the first time. A lot of Mariner fans wanted the Mariners to be in on that. They really weren't. Uh, the The timeline just didn't really add up. Uh, but now he might be available. Uh, he is a one-year rental uh, only. Uh, that's what you're trading for. One year, Blake Snell, who is 30 years old, I believe, um, had a really good year last year. Um, and that was off of the back of a really good second half in 2021. So he's been a very good pitcher for, well, I mean, longer than 18 months. But for the last 18 months or so in particular, he's been he's been quite good. So mm-hmm. um, he is... A you know again we know who Blake Snell is right he mm. is a strikeout pitcher he's a lefty um, the one the one concern with Snell is durability he's only made thirty starts once in his major league career he's only gone over one hundred thirty inning, innings pitched once in his major league career that was both his Cy Young season which was five years ago now so um, it's been a while last year he only had one hundred twenty eight innings pitched they were very good one hundred twenty eight mm. innings but. 23, 24 starts is pretty much the most you're going to get from Snell, and most of the time, he's probably only going to go five and six. So, um, it, it's it's one of those things where, yes, Snell when he's out there is is very very good. Um, mm-hmm. He's just going to miss time, and there are going to be games where he's only going to be able to get you through four or five, just because he's a strikeout pitcher and, and strikeouts stack up. So, um, in a way, and I, I know Mariner fans cringe at this, but just just stylistically. In a way, it's kind of similar to Eric Bedard. You remember Bedard, mm. his thing in, in Baltimore was like, yeah, I'm going to get a lot of strikeouts, but I'm probably going to miss a month or so, and I'm probably only going to go five or six. Like that. That's just yeah, uh, what my game is. And, and people forget Eric Bedard was a pretty good pitcher for a while, so that's not that's not a slight at Snell. Uh, the benefit of Snell is that he's not a terrible teammate. <laughs> so uh, that's, that's – that's the bonus and that's why you're interested. But uh, yeah, Snell would be a, a really interesting guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly uh, putting Blake Snell in the, in the number five spot in your rotation um, makes the Mariners rotation top three or four in baseball. Yeah. Uh, very few rotations could compete with it. Uh, you just have to, again, you just have to be careful. It's only one year of Snell. It's not a multi-year thing mm-hmm. here. And you have to, you have to plan for the idea that you're only going to get 20 to 25 starts mm-hmm. out of them. That's just who he has been his entire career. So you have to make plans accordingly. But yeah, for those twenty-five starts, you're getting a legitimate number three starter. Per spot, or better. per spot track, he is uh, owed sixteen million dollars this year. So that's why he is a mm-hmm. prime uh, candidate to be the guy that gets axed here for the Padres to clear payroll space uh, and get back mm-hmm. under the luxury tax threshold. Uh, so, like you mentioned, he's thirty years old. Uh, he will be uh, 31, uh, or he actually, oh, wow, he just turned 30. Uh, he literally just turned 30 on the 4th, so four days ago. Uh, happy birthday, Blake Snell, then. Uh, he had a 1202 Ks per nine, uh, 359 walks per nine, uh, 338 ERA, 319 XERA, 280 FIP, 321 XFIP, 3.7 F4 this season. In 24 starts, like you mentioned, 128 innings pitched. Um, so yeah, considering the the that the Padres, I mean, like it's it's out in the open, right? All these teams know that the Padres need to clear space, so they they know that they have to get rid of someone, and, and Snell is 
again, that prime candidate to be the Mm -hmm. guy. So I can't imagine that teams are going to be coming to them offering too, too much. But what do you think it would cost the Mariners specifically to land Snell? Yeah, I think, honestly, you kind of look at what Chris Bassett uh, cost the Mets last year. I think that's a pretty good comp. Uh, Both of them were for one year. Um, Both of them are number threes. Both of them have had injury concerns. Snell's a little bit more of a name. He does have a Cy Young award to his, you know, on his mantle, but that's only going to carry you so far in trade negotiations. So when you kind of look at what the, uh, when you kind of look at what the, the, uh, sorry, (laughs) when you look at what the Mets gave up to get Bassett, it's it's going to cost something, but it's not going to cost a ton. I believe they gave up JT Ginn, um, who's you know a very high profile starter, had some injury issues, but uh, he's a, he's a really interesting arm. Uh, so it's going to cost the Mariners something. It, you're not going to get Blake Snell, even if the Padres are desperate to clear payroll, which they may or may not be. I think we I think the general consensus is is that they don't want to be too far over the luxury tax because they they want to continue to add as well as what we're also hearing is they don't want to be done. Uh, this winter. So it um, seems likely they're going to try and clear some payroll. Snell is, is a good candidate because again, he's only a one year guy. So you're probably going to move on from him anyways. Uh, all those things are going to factor in the, the lack of availability, I guess we'll say for Snell, the fact that he's going to miss time. He's not going to go deep into games. All of these factor in. And I think that's why Bassett is, is a pretty good comp despite Bassett being, you know, a little bit older and, and a little bit, uh, less uh, decorated, Mm -hmm. I guess, as Snell. So I I think what you're looking at is somewhere in that JT Ginn mold. And for one year of of Snell, that's, you know, for the Mariners, that's probably... I I don't think it's quite Miller or Hancock, but I think it probably is better than somebody a little better than Dollar. So yeah, you're kind of in this weird, like, uh, you're in kind of this weird space here, but uh, the one thing, the one X factor here, uh, that number 30 overall pick, uh, sitting right yep. there. Uh, the Padres, we know that they need to re- replenish their farm system. Um, you know, it's a way that the Padres can choose, you know, clear 16 million dollars yeah. and 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 do whatever they want with that money, uh, in the draft. And and uh, I think that's interesting. I don't know if, it, if that straight up gets it done. Yeah. Uh, but maybe something like the 30th pick and Juan Pinto or mm-hmm. the 30th pick and um, Jonathan Kloss. Well, probably not Kloss because he's on the 40, man. But you get the idea. Right. Somebody in that in that general range. Sure. Now, the other thing, too, is like, does AJ Preller want to trade again with uh, Jerry DePoto and Justin Hollander? Because it hasn't particularly worked out too well for him in the past. So if there's a general manager who's stupid enough to do it again, it's AJ Preller. It's true. It's true. Very good I'm, point. I'm not joking when I tell you AJ Preller is the dumbest guy to work in a major league front office. He's a moron. How do I know that? He just outbid nobody by $120 million for Xander Bogarts. That's true. Yeah. The, so, the Red Sox offer was six years, right? Six years. What, six one sixty. Yeah. And after coming in second place to Trey Turner and Aaron Judge, the Padres were just like, "Well, we'll just give Xander Bogarts, a thirty-one-year-old who's barely a shortstop, give him eleven years and two hundred eighty million dollars." Like, cool. Scott Boris cool. is a wizard, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, man, if you want to be called a wizard, just go deal with AJ Preller. That's true. There you go. AJ Preller is a kingmaker. There you go. There you go. There you go. The guy's dumb. 
All right. Uh, so let's talk more about the pitching situation for the Mariners because they do have two number fives right now on the roster in Chris Flex and Marco Gonzalez. And with the way that the pitching market is going right now, one would think, hell, they should take advantage of this right now. Trade them. You might actually get something legit for them. But on the other hand, too, with the way that the pitching market is going, it might be hard for the Mariners to go upgrade as well and, and basically replenish their spot that they would open if they end up getting traded. So we're going to be talking about that in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well we're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more bet online is where the game starts you're listening to the locked on mariners podcast thank you so much for making us your first listen so colby i'm really like i i I don't know exactly how the mariners should maneuver the starting pitching situation if they're not going to be able to land someone like snell I just I don't know what they should do with Chris Flexen and, and Marco Gonzalez. I'm conflicted because you look at the pitching market. Like I said, it seems like there might actually be an opportunity here to get something that that is that can help you. That can help your major league roster if you trade Chris Flexen, who's only set to make eight million dollars and has been a three win pitcher just a year ago and can eat innings. That's going to be valuable to teams as the starting pitching market continues to dwindle and guys who are number four, number five starters, or well, more like low end three, number four starters are making like 17, 18 million dollars a year. Like teams are going to, you know, there is going to be value with someone like Flexen and you might actually be able to something to get something of use Marco on the other hand maybe not as much but I do think that there is some value that that Marco holds as well uh but you know on the flip side of that you know the starting pitching market is also dwindling for the Mariners themselves so if they were to trade one or both of these guys it's going to be very very difficult for them to go upgrade their rotation or you know at least get someone who's about in line with flexing or, or Marco's production. So what do you think they should do here at this point? Because the other thing too, right, is they were remarkably healthy in the rotation last year. That's mm-hmm. likely not going to continue in 2023. I hope it does. I hope everyone is able to stay healthy and make all of their starts, but more likely than not, that's not going to happen because injuries just occur in the rotation. Right. So, do you is Chris Flexen and Marco Gonzalez more valuable to the Mariners now than they are via trade? Well, what can they get for them in trade? <laughs> you know, well, that's the big question, right? Getting, yeah, right. Um, if you can get something valuable for Chris Flex, like if I could get like a, a mid high leverage uh, reliever, somebody we'd probably describe as like a seventh inning guy. Um, like I'd probably trade flexing for him, uh, just because that guy, those, those 60 innings that that guy gave me are going to probably be more valuable than the 150 I might get from flexing, but I don't think you're, you're going to trade both. I, I think one of these guys probably ends up in the rotation to start the year. Um, you know, the trade market, we'll see how it looks. Um, not, not, I can't, has any starting pitcher been traded prominent starting pitcher been traded yet? Mm-mm. 
No, I mean, the trade market has completely shut down. Justin Hollander was talking about this, that this was the weird. He said that this was the weirdest winter meetings that he's ever been a part of in terms of the trade market. It just completely died. So there's no movement right now on the trade market. And I mean, we're seeing a hell of a lot of free agent signing right now, but just no trade movement whatsoever. Yeah, so it's going to be a little bit hard for for the Mariners to gauge uh, what they should do with the pitching because, again, what you don't want to do is you don't want to move Marco and Flexen and then not be able to get somebody who's at least major league quality. Uh, I mean, you could take a shot on Matt Brash or Taylor Dollard being you know good major league starters this year, but that's that's a pretty big risk to take. I mean, the, Chris Clark, the guy they drafted last year or in the Rule Five yesterday, he's a starter in double a, but it sounds like he's a bullpen arm. Uh, if the mayor, that's the direction the Mariners want to go. So the Mariners don't have a tremendous amount of starting pitching depth, at least not, you know, major league quality. I mean, I think if hypothetically, if, if, if they traded Flexen and Marco and didn't replace either one, like justice Sheffield, all of a sudden reenters the discussion and yuck. So <laughs> I, 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 I don't think you can trade both. I think you have to, it's, it, do you value the money more? by trading Marco because you're not going to get a ton for Marco regardless of what the market looks like. Um, or do you value maybe the potential asset that you could get from from Chris Flexen more? Because I think Flexen is probably a better pitcher than Marco at this stage. Agreed. Um, I, think, I think it's relatively close, but I just if, – if you could tell me that Marco was going to get back to you know 2020 version or even 2019 version – if that's your number five, you're in really good shape. Yeah, yeah. But which is, it's been two years since we've seen that guy. So yeah, it's just a really tough position. You have to, you have to, you know, be open to anything, but you also have to remember that we have to replace these guys. So as much as I may want to trade Chris Flexen for, you know, this, you know, uh, 45 grade prospect that we think we can turn into a 55, I still have to think about the 2023 season, right. you know, and, and I have to get through that. And I can't just hope that, uh, you know, Dollard and Hancock and Miller and all those guys are going to be ready to give me innings at the big league level. Yeah. So it's just, you're, they're in a really tough spot and it's not helpful that the trade market is really quiet right now. That will pick up mm-hmm. as, you know, free agencies, as free agents continue to fly. Yeah, Hollander said that he thinks more, things will start to ramp up next week on the trade front. So, yeah. Right, there's still a couple of big fish out there in free agency, and then after that, it's it's a lot of you know like mid level and guys that are probably going to ask for fourteen, fifteen million dollars. Like, I mean, if if Taiwan Walker is getting seventeen million dollars a year, like yeah. any mid tier starter is like, well, I'm getting at least fourteen, fifteen, yeah, and that's going to price some teams out. So we'll see what happens. Uh, thankfully, it's it's December eighth, right? We have seventy eight days until pitchers and catchers even report. Mm-hmm. So uh, no. They don't need to rush to any kind of conclusion here. They don't need to force anything. But, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a tough spot. I, I I think you have to keep one of these guys to protect yourself, though. Yeah. Flexen at $8 million and Gonzalez at 6.5 this year, those are bargains relative to what the rest of the market is right now. Like, again, Kodai Senga, if he's getting six-year offers and looking at you know just how the market has fallen so far – he might end up getting $20 million a year over that five to six year span for a guy that's entering his thirties and hasn't played a single day in major league baseball. That is a massive risk. I really like Kodai Senga. I think he's really interesting and I think he will be a pretty good pitcher in major league baseball, but 
what if he's not? <laughs> that's a that's a really really big risk that a team is going to end up taking, and I just I don't know if the Mariners are going to be willing to go that far with Senga. I don't know if the Mariners are going to be willing to you know pay eighteen nineteen million dollars per year for Nathan Avaldi. I just don't know if they're going to be willing to do that, and that's really like if they're not going to keep flexing and Marco, that's kind of the pitcher that I would like to see them go after. Chris Bassett, Nathan Navaldi, Kodai Senga, that realm of of starting pitchers, but it just it might get to a point where it just it doesn't really make sense. How much, how how many more wins are you actually adding for the significant uptick in cost and your commitments? Right. That's the thing that you're ultimately having to weigh here. And I think if we're not already there, we're getting close to a spot where it just doesn't make sense at all. And it just makes way more sense to just keep flexing, keep Marco, maybe trade one. But honestly, again, going back to the health conversation, I might keep both and just, you know, maybe six man rotation to start the year to kind of just get guys in a rhythm. Don't, you know, overwork guys or let flexing go back into the bullpen. Right, like, yeah, I. So you don't have to have this done by, uh, you know, spring training or anything like that, and and sure. guys get hurt in spring training all the time, and and we see a few spring training trades, so you can carry both of these guys. I think it starts to get really hairy uh, when you're carrying uh, both of these guys on your on your twenty six man roster on opening day. Uh, because you only remember you only get to carry 13 pitchers so if you're gonna go six-man rotation you're a man down in the bullpen and we know how much you know scott wants every available arm so and if flexing is in the bullpen you're still essentially a man down because we saw last year flexing's role in the bullpen was mop-up duty i mean that that's all they're going to use them for that's all they trust them for so kind of in a tough spot i i don't think you want to carry both you might come to a point where you just have to dfa uh, Marco or or Flexen, I doubt it, but it, it is a possibility. So, I I think you do want to trade one of them, but um, I could definitely foresee a scenario where they where everybody's back for for uh, pitchers and catchers, and they kind of battle it out for that number five spot, um, and we just kind of see you know what happens uh, if if anything falls or or uh, any any trade picks up or anything like that. But again, it's December eighth. Right, we got a lot. Of, we got a long time to go, so maybe the trade doesn't happen until January twentieth. Like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, as long as as long as something gets done. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I, you know, I would hope that the Mariners aren't, you know, sitting out on the pitching market uh, here in a few weeks and just waiting for somebody to come trade for Chris Flexen so that they could go sign. Yeah. You know, Bassett or whoever it is, right? It doesn't matter. But I hope they're not doing that because they don't want to be. Well, I don't want to pay him and have to carry Flexen like that. That would be cheap, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, that's a good example of cheapness right there. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, we'll see what happens. I, I still think Flexen is ultimately traded. Marco, I think, can kind of go either way. But I, I, if I was, if I was betting right now, I think Marco um, probably starts the year with the Mariners uh, okay. he'll report to spring training as a Seattle Mariner. That would be my guess, but anything can happen. And, and we know how creative uh, Justin and, and, and Jerry are. So we'll see what they yeah. can do. So last night was trying to get to sleep and then all of a sudden Xander Bogarts happens. And then mm-hmm. like 10 minutes later, look who's in Seattle, Colby JD <laughs> Martinez. 
posting a picture of him at uh, Pike Place Market and Mariner's Twitter, of course, went nuts over that. Uh, so I'll open up by saying this. I was told this morning that J.D. Martinez is uh, indeed in Seattle, just not to meet with the Mariners. Sorry, guys. Yep. It's uh, Mark Canna 2.0. Uh, so uh, I was told that Martinez is in Seattle for a wedding, and that's all that it is. Um, so don't think that he's meeting with the Mariners now. That doesn't necessarily mean that he won't end up signing <clears throat> with the Mariners eventually. It doesn't mean that he's not uh, an interesting target for the Mariners. And you and I looked into him last night after all of this happened because, you know what, I, I needed a rumor. I'm, I'm desperate for, for a rumor for someone to, to look at, you know, here. I was so. going to say it's because we're professionals and we want to give you guys the highest quality show, but I guess we're tied, which is boredom. Yeah, it was just Borden. It was just I boring. watched every single hit JD Martinez had last year and ties over here like, hmm, no, we won't talk about it. Interesting. <laughs> Who really cares about you guys? It's true. But, true. Uh, it's true. Col- you know, Colby is the loving one of this uh the loving sure. half of this exactly. uh duo here. Exactly. So uh yeah, JD Martinez is a weird fit for the Mariners. Uh, when you think about it, <laughs> like the bat makes a lot of sense for what Jerry oh, Depoto described. Really well. the, yeah, yeah, it fits really well. Considering what Jerry Depoto was describing the other day in terms of a, a righty who can mash lefties, mm-hmm. JD Martinez had like a 175 WRC plus against lefties last season. Like, he was ridiculous against lefties. And also, he hits pretty well outside of Fenway Park. Yep. Which is, you know, kind of the thing with Xander Bogarts, right? Like, oh, Xander hasn't been that great outside of Fenway, so you shouldn't sign him all this stuff, right? So that was the whole conversation with that. But J.D. Martinez is like the opposite of that. And again, crushes lefties. The problem is he's a DH, and that's all he is. Straight up. He should not play a single inning in the field. So he is not the platoon option with Jared Kelnick. He's not that. Right. He, he's not the left fielder that the Mariners are going after really all that fits is that he's right-handed and he mashes lefties and that's about it right um so yeah jd martinez again i watched him what he did last year uh numbers wise were okay power outage was was pretty significant this is a guy three four years ago was hitting 40 home runs and and i think he had a year where he hit like 48 if i'm not mistaken um it was all the way down to 16 it's also a bat who, you know, is in his mid 30s. So that's typically when bat speed starts to slow down. Uh, strikeouts are up, walks are down. Uh, now, what's interesting about JD is that he's always been kind of a swing and miss guy. Um, you know, he he'll whiff. He he has you know pretty low whiff or pretty high whiff percentages. Uh, and the strikeouts the last few years have been above league average. They're not awful. They're not Joey Gallo by any stretch, but they're they're a little higher than you'd like uh, from a guy who's you know again 34 years old, but. Uh, what I watched last year or what I watched him do last year, last night is, uh, go line to line. Uh, he's still cranking out a lot of doubles is 42 doubles last year. Um, I think that was second in the American league the year before he led the American league Mm -hmm. in doubles. Um, he's still hitting doubles and these aren't just, you know, routine fly balls off the monster. He's going line to line. It's a ton of hits to right field. Um, the number of times he like kicked up chalk on the right field line for a double last year was like it probably five or six times, which is mm. pretty impressive for a righty. Um, he reminded me when I was watching him of having a very similar approach to that of Ty France. And when you look at the numbers that those two players put up last year, 
pretty much the same guy. <laughs> like we're talking within 10 points in every single category. So yes. Do you want more power out of your DH? Yeah. If the Mariners add another Ty France to this lineup, does that help? Also, also I want to, I want to add on the power front, like, yeah, he only hit 16 home runs last year, but you also, you know, factor in the doubles and going by park factors. If he played every game in T-Mobile park last year, which obviously mm-hmm. that's not possible, but if he played every game in T-Mobile park last year, he would have hit 23 home runs. I still think he's a 25 homer guy, um, but I just look at him and, and and honestly, based on what I saw yesterday and what the numbers are telling me, he looks like Ty France. Could the Mariners use another Ty France bat in this lineup? Yeah, yeah, that'd be, that'd yeah. be very helpful. Again, yeah. the issue is is that he cannot play the field. Yeah, not that he shouldn't. He cannot. He's worse than Jesse Winker in mm-hmm. left field. It's a disaster. So you can bring him in, and and by the way, at his age and because of his lack of versatility. He's probably only going to get a one-year deal. And when you look at DHs, older DHs, DH-only types, the comp is Nelson Cruz. In the last few years, Cruz has signed one- or two-year deals at 12 to $13 million. That's probably what J.D. Martinez is going to get. The way it could work, and again, he's not in Seattle. Let's reiterate that. He's not in Seattle to, to talk to the Mariners, so let's not yeah. assume this is going to happen. But the way it could work is if the Mariners went out and got like a Brian Reynolds. Or Randy Rosarena, right? And then they could have J.D. Martinez as just like their full-time DH or, um, you know, they could do some things. And then they can still go out and get a, a, a quality fourth outfielder um, and just kind of right. use the 26-man uh, spot as essentially at the DH. Um, so it could work. Like J.D. Martinez fits in this lineup if you go get a full-time left fielder. Um, if not, then you're kind of blocking the idea that that Jerry put out there that, they want four outfielders who all cycle through the DH and play a ton. Right. J.D. Martinez does not fill that category. In fact, J.D. Martinez prevents you from doing that. So right. I think the only way it works is if the Mariners go out and get an everyday, no doubt about it, uh, corner outfielder. And, and right now, after uh, Yoshida signed extremely quickly with the Red Sox yesterday, um, that market is is it, you're probably going to have to find that guy in trade if that's what you're looking for. Yeah, let's talk about Yoshida real quick before we hop off because I know there's a lot of questions about how that went down, if the Mariners were in, why did the Mariners not get him, all that stuff. Thing that I've heard, and this is now starting to make the rounds, and it's pretty obvious when you see how quickly this went because he got posted literally two days ago. Like the day before that he, the day before he signed with the Red Sox, he got posted by his team in Japan. Um, he didn't even engage with any other teams. He didn't negotiate with any other teams. He just wanted to be a Red Sox. And so, and it just lined up perfectly that the Red Sox wanted him and they were willing to pay that for him. I've never seen a player sign that quickly after being posted. Never. I've never I seen it. I don't think it's ever happened. I don't think it's ever happened. Yeah. No. It's, I, I, I'm not saying that there was tampering necessarily, but I think that he <laughs> just straight up wanted to be a Red Sox. And that was like, it. Let's, yeah, let's just put it this way. If like five years from now we find out there was tampering, I wouldn't be surprised. Sure. But I, yeah, I, I do think what I do think what ultimately happened is that uh, Yoshida wanted the Red Sox. Like that was the team he wanted to go to. And when they approached him uh, with a pretty good offer, pretty sizable offer. Um, he got the Seiya Suzuki deal. Yeah. Uh, a little bit more, I think. I think he got five and 90. Suzuki got five and 85. So just right. a million more a year. But yeah, like essentially the same deal. 
So I think that was his number one team. I, I think once the Red Sox said that they were interested, like he was done. He wasn't going to negotiate with other teams. He right. wanted the Red Sox. And, and again, this is one of those things. Money can't just save you. Like you just can't say, we'll just pay more than that team was willing to pay. Well, it's I mean, look at the works. Padres and Aaron Judge, right? Apparently yeah. the Padres offered Aaron Judge $400 million and he said, nope. And nope. he's from I'll that area too. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll take 360 and stay in New York. And yeah. again, same thing with Philadelphia uh, with Trey Turner, right? Phillies offered 340, 350 or, or uh, the And there's always going to be that special allure of legacy teams, right? The Red yeah. Sox, the Yankees, mm-hmm. all the Dodgers, et cetera. Like the legacy teams are always going to earn the favor of and, certain free agents. Right. And by the way, this year seems especially true. Um, we've heard quite a few stories, at least three that I've heard, of team of players who were offered more money, better contracts by just yeah. about any definition. And they chose to go somewhere else where they were going Andrew to Andrew Heaney is money. another one. Andrew Heaney, yep. Andrew Heaney, Trey Turner, and Aaron Judge. It's not yeah. always about the money, guys. Sometimes guys just All three want to of those players team. very equal to one another. Yes, yes, <laughs> obviously. Um, right, but sometimes it's, it's not about – sometimes it's about, hey, we think we can do this for you and get your career on track. We think you're a really good fit, X, Y, Z. Like there are a lot of reasons why teams choose – or why players choose a team. Money is usually the biggest one. But it doesn't outweigh everything. It, it's sure. not the the catch all that that a lot of people seem to think it is, and you know the Aaron Judge uh, thing proved it, and, and the Yoshida thing proved it, because I think honestly if the Mariners were were going to go to him and be like, I'll give you one twenty, he probably would have picked the Red Sox. He clearly wanted to be a Boston Red Sox. Yeah. So how, how much money do you have to, how much money do you have to give a guy to to give up on where he wants to go? Yeah. What's the tax on that basically? So, yeah. Uh, All right. So tomorrow, a little programming note. Since we didn't do a mailbag episode on Monday, we're going to do it on Friday. We're going to replace Fan Picture Friday with Mailbag Monday. Then we'll get back to our regular schedule uh, next week, barring, um, you know, anything crazy happening. Uh, So Twitter, I think we'll do Twitter this week uh, for mailbag questions. So we'll put out a tweet on Twitter and you can respond to that tweet with your mailbag question. And we'll try to answer as many as we can on tomorrow's show. Uh, but that's going to do it for our show today. Uh, thank you so much for joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidane Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, C-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen. Now for your next listen, check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast featuring the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts just like us. And with that, have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Peace.